The Crawford Stand. This week, the president of Crawford Broadcasting Company, Don Crawford, talks about the foundation of American government. Because in many ways, it's not what it used to be. We the people so often forget that in our presumed American democracy, our democratic way of life, that we actually live in a republic rather than a true democracy. There are controls everywhere. We presumably live by the wonderful tenets of our beloved Constitution and its 27 amendments. But, in reality, our Constitution has been interpreted, reinterpreted, expanded, and this original American document, once implemented by originalism and textualism, has now become organic in so many ways that the principles, the language, and intentions of the Founding Fathers, they hardly exist anymore. Courts, many consisting of one man or one woman, as judge, often do as they please, what they think is right, or follow a path to a desired objective goal which may or may not be constitutional. Opinions differ widely. In fact, they now go well beyond the old liberal-conservative divide. We have so many in positions of power who may wish to radically change our form of government. Now with many deeply held socialistic points of view and philosophies, and even communistic, they are coming to the fore. Don't you agree? There are those passionately anti-capitalism, determined to control the economy through taxation and regulation, among other means. And there is often deep distrust of the individual the American citizen, the elitists, the politically power-hungry, and the culturally know-it-alls have growing disrespect for the common man and woman that would be you and me, seeking their support and money at election time and virtually ignoring them, us, thereafter. 250 years ago, in that aggressive revolutionary time, the indifference to any average American citizen never, ever had been tolerated. The attitude of the early revolutionaries, the 13 states, was tough, independent, involved, and often highly suspicious of politicians and those in power. The key to the early revolutionary mentality was involvement. Involvement. Citizens aggressively participated in the political process, and they held elected officials accountable. They were intolerant of being ignored, and they were determined, as the old state motto so well said, to live free or die. Live free or die. You know, I wonder if we the people today are willing to do that. Having fought the Revolutionary War and won freedom, real freedom, these early citizens of our great country, the very first Americans, would never, ever, ever think about giving up that freedom. Two things characterize the early Americans which hardly exist in today's culture and our political American environment. The first was involvement. Involvement. Life was hard, demanding, and time-consuming, but these early Americans always had time for all things political. They trusted political leaders, but only if they were ethical and lived up to their promises— following the lead and direction of the patriotic citizens of their state. Early American citizens were very concerned not only about freedom, but the economy, and of course banking, and the control of funds. They were concerned with morality, morality. 
they had their own views of foreign policy. And for the most part, they wanted limited government. Limited government, especially the federal government. And they sought at all times to protect state governments and state rights. They were committed to the famous statement of Patrick Henry in everyday life, Give me liberty or give me death. <laughs> Live free or die? Give me liberty or give me death? What do you think? They would not live under tyranny, any tyranny, or bondage, political or even military pressure or control. They were politically involved in order to make certain freedom was never lost. They responded aggressively to the challenge of founding father Benjamin Franklin, who challenged the citizenry when asked what the founding fathers created in terms of the Constitution and the governmental structure. You remember the famous words of Benjamin Franklin, don't you? He stated that the founding fathers had given the new America a constitutional republic and then echoed his famous challenge to them, which echoes today to us. If you can keep it, that is, this republic from the constitution they gave us, if you can keep it. And what a Herculean task it would be to keep that republic to live under democratic principles and freedoms and never lose them. What an unbelievable challenge it was then. And, my fellow Americans, that challenge is even greater today. In my view, far greater. What do you think? The second fundamental principle after involvement, demanded and aggressively followed by early citizens, was accountability. Involvement and accountability. If one became an elected official, that person was held to the highest standards of conduct, required to function as a true fiduciary, a true representative of the people. When that citizen trust was broken, and of course it was from time to time in those early days, that elected official was held accountable, not only individual citizens, but states and especially the original 13. They held the federal government accountable. If that government usurped too much power and began the trampling of states' rights, those states holding the federal government accountable accountable, were able to resist or secede if necessary, and they were ready to do that. It was an aggressive, action-oriented political environment in these early revolutionary days as the new America evolved. It was, in fact, government by the people. The expectation, the demand for accountability was extremely strong. Fledgling America was an experiment in democracy, a republic at work, trial and error, but with involvement by the citizenry, involvement, which was so special at that time, soon to be taken for granted and challenged more than ever in every possible way, especially in today's political climate. We take so much for granted. If founder Benjamin Franklin could observe America 2020, he would undoubtedly know that we the people surely would not be able to keep the republic originally founded. Democracy, American style, would be indeed on its last legs. I think in many ways it is. What do you think? It is really so very interesting, even amazing, that in this democracy of ours, power, ultimate political power, is so highly concentrated. We the people, some 335 million strong, 
are ruled by 545 men and women. That's all. And they are all powerful. They control our government, our decision-making, and our lives. There are 435 elected representatives, supposedly elected and representative, of we the people who form this House of Representatives. They come from 50 states and supposedly represent the will of the people. The Constitution thinks in terms of those representatives bringing fresh, local, state-driven ideas and political points of view to the federal government. The Constitution was structured in terms of diversity, differences of opinion, men and women who would really express the ideas and political philosophies of their state citizen voters, their state, for the good of their local citizens. That's so on the one hand, but also the federal government for the entire nation as a whole on the other. Two points of view. In theory, that works. But practically and functionally, it does not work. The House of Representatives is structured, controlled, influenced by seniority. The longer you have been there, the greater the power. There are heads of committees and committee members who can in so many ways control legislation. Then there is the Speaker of the House, now one Nancy Pelosi, with incredible power in so many ways, dictating and defining controlling and making certain the prevailing party line is followed, no matter the beliefs and the commitments of the individual representative or the state he or she represents, all secondary. In so many ways, the way the House of Representatives functions is anything but democratic. Individual voices are seldom ever heard, nor are they of influence in this highly controlled, seniority-driven House of Representatives. In reality, these 435 elected officials are really controlled by 15 to 20 old-line, long-tenured politicians like Pelosi, elected term after term after term, often without any real competition or opposition. And the will of the people, the will of the people, Certainly the will of the majority is often completely ignored. Democracy and the free flow of ideas can be eviscerated, weakened, and made irrelevant so easily. The House of Representatives has turned into a political body hardly representative of the American citizens who elected them unresponsive once they get to Washington, D.C. And then comes the United States Senate. There are two such members from each of the 50 states, 100 elected by the people for six years each, rather than the two-year term of the members of the House of Representatives. These men and women were thought by the founders to be a check and balance with respect to the House of Representatives, a body perhaps more deliberate, more constitutionally protective. But these 100 rulers, two from each of our 50 states, can function in ways so easily undemocratic, easily avoiding accountability for six full years once elected. The power each possesses in the political process is really unbelievable, often independent with the potential to ignore political promises made to get elected, of course, often ignoring the very citizens who elected them. 
the Senate Majority Leader has unbelievable power, and that would be Mitch McConnell. And so does the Minority Leader, and that would be Chuck Schumer of the Democrats. The Majority Leader can control the votes, the political actions of so many senators who surrender political autonomy, independent thinking, and promises to their electorate for the good of the party and at the will of the Majority Leader. Well, so much for democracy at work. And in the Senate, like in the House, seniority rules. The longer you are there, without term limits they are, and the more you are reelected, the more power you have. 435 House of Representatives, 100 Senators, 535 governing political figures. And add to that nine Supreme Court Justices, nine. Ultimately, we, the 335 million American citizens, are ruled by nine people. Nine people. The decisions they make in the majority control our lives. They set our laws and interpret them, and they determine how we should and must legally live. Often, critical life decisions are made by a mere majority, that is, five justices deciding the law of the land. Unbelievable. Five, five people determine what is legally right. And you know what? That at the bottom line is anything but democracy at work, anything. (laughs) So that a mere 218 representatives in the House can decide on legislation. 218 And 51 senators can do the very same. And five justices of the Supreme Court can decide the law of the land. So that, in reality, our rulers are not as many as 545, but even fewer at 274. (laughs) Isn't that alarming? Isn't that a striking figure? Aren't you concerned about that? So much for our democracy. So much for we the people controlling our great country and how we live. And then, of course, there is the president. This person, only men to this point, is undoubtedly the most powerful person in the United States. And many think the whole world. The power of the president expands over and again, expanding considerably, so it appears, with each new president the power to veto, the power to rule our military, the power to appoint judges, just to name some, is simply unbelievable. There are indeed some checks and balances, but so much of the presidential power through executive orders, boy, have we had plenty of those from Obama on, through executive orders and the like, it goes unchecked, this power. This one American individual seems all-powerful for four years. Incredible. Democracy, the democratic way of life, is built on trust. Trust. We elect political representatives, presumably of the highest character. (laughs) No way. And morality and nobility. We elect true Americans who believe in and protect the Constitution and the rule of law. So we think. We elect those who would represent us as citizens of one of the 50 great states when with a concern for the commonality for all Americans. But that just simply doesn't happen. 
because a close inspection of the House of Representatives and the Senate, and perhaps even the Supreme Court justices, and of course the President, would indicate that fiduciary standards and morality are at an all-time low, an all-time low, are they ever. In fact, a recent survey indicated that a mere 12%, one in eight Americans, have respect for the integrity and morality of any of our political figures and our governmental institutions. Oh, how sad and how tragic. And undoubtedly the beginning of the end of the great American experiment in democracy. Oh, Lord in heaven, I hope not. I hope not. And I firmly believe it is our fault. This political American mess, we the people have ignored the two most important factors which democracy requires. Involvement. By the way, what, what do you do for America? Involvement and accountability. Holding those we elect accountable to rule us right and to live up to the promises they gave us when we elected them. We the people have lives to live, and the vast majority of us simply do not do what we are required to do as citizens. We do not make the time to study and learn and stay involved in the political processes. Get this now. In some elections, more than half of Americans eligible to vote do not even bother to vote. Small wonder 545 people can rule us. We have little respect for the political process, and those who are elected consequently have little respect for us. You can hardly blame them. And perhaps even more importantly, we do not hold those officials accountable. They often break the law, and with impunity. They act independently. They ignore their political promises, and often care so little what the American public thinks or believes, or wants. Ah, what a tragedy. Anything but democracy at work. We can lose what we have in the way of freedoms to socialism. And boy, that's on the rise in this country. It's scary. Or perhaps even communism. It can go that far. Or perhaps even some form of dictatorship in the future. Yes, it can go that far. All of that was thought impossible some years ago, but now it seems very possible in today's culture. So many of our young believe in socialism and would like to see it happen in America. And how tragic is that? And now comes elections 2020. We will vote for the President of the United States. The political system we have, the parties we condone or put up with, Give us two choices, that's all, just two, Donald Trump or Joe Biden. None other. Wow, how about that? Which will you choose? And will you even bother to vote? Some American citizens say, I don't like either one of them, so I'm not going to vote. And that's what's wrong with America. And in addition to the president, we have 435 choices to make for elections to the House of Representatives. So I ask, for whom will you vote and why? Do you know exactly why you will vote for or not vote for certain candidates for the House of Representatives? Do you? Are you informed? And are you ready to hold them accountable? 
The entire House of Representatives could be changed that election day. The entire House. The majority could shift from Democrat to Republican, if that's what we wanted. And of the 100 senators, there are 35 who will be reelected or newly elected. So I ask, for whom will you vote? And why? Why will you vote for them? And you will vote, will you not? Political power is predicated on the indifference, the lack of involvement, the inability to hold accountable elected officials by we the people. Where are we? Ah, there's always the hope that we will rise up as a concerned citizenry and become involved and hold our officials accountable. America, my fellow Americans, can turn socialistic overnight if certain individuals are elected. Fundamental freedoms which we have enjoyed and assumed can be lost overnight. And if they are, they are lost forever. If that happens, we have no one to blame but ourselves. We so presumptively ask God to bless America. But there is no way we will ever get that blessing because of the way we live and act and govern ourselves. But that can change. That can change. And that can change November 3, 2020. But only if you and I and all right-thinking Americans stand up and vote and stay involved in the politics of our great country and hold our elected officials accountable. Otherwise, as President Ronald Reagan has well said, the freedoms we enjoy and unfortunately take for granted, once lost, if they are, will in fact be lost forever. The views expressed here on the Crawford stand are those of the speaker, and Mr. Crawford really wants you to join this discussion. Tell him what you think. Send your email to stand at crawfordbroadcasting.com. When you do, be sure to tell Mr. Crawford on what station you hear the stand. Stand at CrawfordBroadcasting.com. Mr. Crawford wants to hear from you this week. And when you want to review what you hear, go to our website, CrawfordBroadcasting.com. The Crawford Stand is a public affairs presentation of Crawford Broadcasting Company and this station, Serving God and Country. I'm Bill McCormick.